Hello and welcome to Mother's Voice Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our other events, you can go to weriseinlove.com. Weriseinlove.com. Hello everyone, this is Monsef Afker and welcome to this new episode of Mother's Voice Podcast. Um, yeah, very happy to connect with you again here. So thank you so much for joining us, for uh, listening to this episode and um, also sharing with us your, your, your energies and co-creating with us these experiences because you are also um, a part of, of the co-creation that we are having here uh, on the podcast. So thank you so much for that. And um, also uh, today I'm, I'm really, really excited that um, Dr. Linieta G. Willis is with us on, uh, on, the, on the show. Um, and... I really love the work that she does and the, um, the her message, which really empowers um, empowers uh, others, like especially parents or, or or couples, and like empower them to to, to really release those um, the stagnation that 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 is created within the family um, or the, the 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 limiting habits that was created, and bring more joy, bring more. Um, excitement to the to the family or the relationship um, that's which was like the, the initial um, how to say <clears throat> the initial states uh, where the, the the relationship started and bring that back to life um, in in in, every, in the everyday life so um, yeah very excited that she's here with us today um, and today we'll be talking about um, the elemental parenting model and how it can transform um, how you relate to your kids in, in their, their times of need. Um, and before we start, I would love to share with you a little bit about uh, Dr. Linieta. So she is uh, a psychologist and family empowerment coach, helps frustra frustrated families break unhelpful patterns and cross generational cycles so they can move from stable misery into peaceful harmony. She, she helps her clients and audiences learn to strengthen their parenting, partnership, and personal growth practices so they can feel harmony in their hearts and homes. And you can find her on her website, drlwillis.com, D-R-L-Y-I-L-L-I-S.com. And yeah, so that's Dr. Linieta. Welcome to the show. We're happy to have you with us. Hello, I'm so happy to be here. This is going to be a great conversation. I'm excited. <laughs> thank you for having me. Well, thank you. So you're very happy that you're here with us. And um, so yeah, I shared your bio, but I would love if you can maybe tell us more about yourself and also maybe um, your story with, with uh, your, your kids and growing, uh, um, like parenting them. Of course. So I, like you said, I'm, I'm a psychologist and now I do, uh, I have been in the field for over 20 years now. It's crazy to think about that, but I have. And mm -hmm. um, now I do family coaching. I do a lot of online family coaching, which, which I love. I had a private practice for a number of years where I mm -hmm. specialized in trauma and family and parenting. And now I love connecting with people all over the world as, I, uh, as a coach. In terms of my parenting journey, it's quite an interesting one. As with most people, my journey started way before I even had children. <laughs> um, I was raised in a home that was, uh, I was raised mainly by my grandparents. My father 
And my mother divorced when I was about a year old and my father left the scene. And so I didn't have much contact with him. And my mother worked really, really hard to provide a stable as possible life for me. She didn't have um, as many resources. And my grandparents did a lot of stepping in to pick up some of the slack. And I was so grateful to them for that. And there were some aspects of my upbringing that really, um, that I later learned were not the most helpful. So my grandparents and my mother, and they were raised to, with the, with the use of like corporal punishment and spanking. And so I call them the, um, the four horsemen mindset was used to parent children. And the four horsemen are pain, blame, shame, and avoidance. Those were the four things that, you know, generation after generation were used to keep kids in line, so to speak. And when I was about 20 years old, my mother had my sister. I know that's kind of crazy, but mm-hmm. she had my sister. So she's 20 years younger than me. And I was, I was the cool sis. I was the one who every time I came home from college, I would swoop in and pick her up and we'd just mm-hmm. go away for hours and come back whenever we felt like it. And one day we were sitting in my grandmother's kitchen and my sister had done something that triggered me, something that upset me. And I turned to her and I said, I'm so angry. I could smack you right now. And I just remember, I will, it still chokes me up. I, I, I will never forget the look on her face. It was just this, she was sitting in a high chair. She's only about two years old. She was sitting in a high chair and her face, her eyes just dropped, her shoulders slumped. And in that moment, I just realized, I was like, what have I done? Like I, and I, I knew I would never put my hands on her ever. Um, but in that moment, the things that had been said to me just came back. It was just an automatic, you know, cause I had heard that many times, you know, so angry. I could smack you. Stop crying before I give you something to cry about. Like all the little things that, that some mm-hmm. of us heard growing up and it just came out. And in that moment, I, I, went over and I comforted her and I apologized. And, and that was when I said like, no, I'm going to transform this legacy. I'm, I'm not going to do this with her or with my children. Um, And from there, my mother was still a spanker and I really just started talking to her about it and saying things. And eventually she stopped as well, which I thought was pretty profound. Um, So I decided that I was going to, go off to school, learn all that I could. And, um, and I entered the field of psychology, specialized in psychology, but along that way, a number of things happened. So I was in an abusive relationship in college and I started to come face to face with my own sense of not enoughness and unworthiness as a, um, and, and just, like I, I believe in many ways that relationship was a representation of, of how I viewed myself. And so when I finished college, I decided that I would go to graduate school to learn everything that I needed to learn to heal myself. 
Cause I didn't want to like, you know, do therapy and all that stuff. That was just mm-hmm. too much work. So I would just go and learn my way into healing. Right. And you probably realize like, yeah, that didn't work out so well, but, um, but in the, over the course of that, I did learn a lot about trauma healing and about parenting and about couples work, which is a lot of what I do now. But, um, then I also got married to an amazing man. He's my best friend and, and had children of my own and realized that a lot of that stuff that I learned and a lot of the stuff I was teaching, those very kind parents who were coming to me, even though I didn't have kids of my own at that time, um, a lot of that stuff, it worked really well in theory. But in practice, it was a little bit harder, especially mm-hmm. when our stuff you know, whether it be our stuff from the past, our stuff from this morning, you know, whatever that stuff is for us when it gets in the way. And so I began to work on myself of like, how do I deal with these moments when I'm triggered and my brain can't access all that wonderful book knowledge? Or the other thing I say is, yeah, we read all the books, but the problem is our kids don't read the parenting books, so they don't know their lines. They don't know what they're supposed to do or not supposed to do or supposed to say or not supposed to say. Mm -hmm. So when our kids don't necessarily follow the, the framework and that leads us to feel triggered or overwhelmed or frustrated or angry, how then do we respond in ways that we feel good about and that will ultimately build the legacy that we want our children to pass on to their kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And that led me to create, um, well, after working with a lot of parents over the years, I realized that there were five um, areas where when we have a deep sense of awareness and insight into those areas within ourselves can really, we can use those to transform um, who we are as parents. And now I run groups and, and work with people using that framework. It's called the PATHS framework. Right. Um, yeah, wonderful. Thank you first for, for sharing about your story. We um, love it and it's, it's very, very inspiring. And also, um, yeah, so the elemental parenting model, it, it's, it's part of the, 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 the five areas, the five paths that's, that you just mentioned. And so I would love if, if you can tell our audience maybe more about it so they can have an understanding of, about what this um, elemental parenting model is. Absolutely. Yes, yes. So yes, the elemental living model um, is nestled within the paths framework. And I'll I'll start from the beginning of the model. And if people Mm -hmm. can, you know, I know when I listen to things like this, I'll go and I'll start grabbing a piece of paper and writing it down. And if people just want to listen, that's fine. They can go to healingstablemisery.com and actually download the paths model and um, tips that they can use to actually implement it. Um, So you don't have to write down everything I'm saying right now. You could just listen, (laughs) but (laughs) the, uh, the paths is an acronym and it stands for um, perspective, awareness, tools, healing, and self-empowerment, P-A-T-H-S. And before I dive in, I want to say that 
I truly believe that parenting is the ultimate spiritual practice, right? And um, it really is because if you think about it, parenting allows us to do like everything that every spiritual or religious tradition tries to encourage us to do in in its in its best in their best lights. Like it allows us to practice non-judgment, self-compassion, equanimity, forgiveness and letting go, connection, like all the things that you would normally Mm -hmm. learn about in spiritual practices. You get the joy and the absolute pleasure of doing every single day with your children. So the PADS model, the way that it's structured, it really does allow um, families to use really they're all their relationships, whether it be their parent, their parenting or their partnerships, but especially their parenting as a spiritual practice. Now the perspective that stands for vision. And we know that I always say, if you don't know where you're going, anywhere will do, you know? So I think when we're talking about parenting, the first thing that we need to do is we need to get really clear on what type of relationship do we want to have with our children? How do we want to show up day to day in our children's lives? What type of connection do we want to cultivate with our children? And I literally will lead clients through exercises that help them to formulate a very clear vision of where they want to go. Otherwise, what ends up happening, and I and I know I've been in this space, is where you just sort of like go on autopilot. You're parenting on autopilot every day, just trying to make it through the day, and you have nothing really to reach for. And we know that, especially when we're talking about spiritual traditions, having a vision is really important. Being able to visualize what we want, because our brain naturally goes to what we don't want or what we want to avoid. So making a conscious effort to focus on what we want and where we want to go and who we want to be is really key to helping us get there as parents. The other thing that is nestled into perspective is the stories we tell ourselves, the stories in our heads. I just um, did a module yesterday for the people in my Trigger to Transform group where we talked about the stories in our head. And it is it always amazes me how unaware we are of the things that we tell ourselves about ourselves and about our children when they um, when they trigger us. And what ends up happening is we end up reacting from those stories. So, for instance, if I if my child you know, tells me a lie about something, you know, I'm like, did you do this? And he's like, no, you know, if the story in my head is, oh my gosh, my child's lying to me, they're going to become a pathological liar. And then they're going to become a sociopath and they're going to be on Dateline news. And then I'm going to have, right. Like if that's where my head is going, then that's going to absolutely impact how I respond to him. But if I'm not aware of that, then I'm basically being reactive and I'm basically allowing my stories to drag me through parenting as opposed to me being aware of, oh, you know what? I'm aware of where that, what that story is. And I'm aware of where I tend to go when I think that, and then I can choose a different response. So perspective is all about vision and getting really clear about the stories in our head. A stands for awareness and awareness is important because many of us were raised to, to, 
not really honor, at least I was raised to not really honor my feelings in my body sensations, right? So that sense of like, why are you crying? There's nothing wrong, right? Like that idea. Mm -hmm. And and growing up for me, um, feelings were, or at least difficult feelings were a liability. They could get you in trouble. So I spent a lot of my early life shutting those feelings down. But now in parenting, we have the ability, we have the gift of being able to really pull all of those back up and welcome all of the feelings that we have. Um, And using them, I always say feelings aren't good, bad, or indifferent. They're just signposts, you know, kind of like a stop sign. You wouldn't say the stop sign is bad. That doesn't make sense. Anger isn't bad. Anxiety isn't bad. None of those things are bad. What we label as bad is how they make us feel emotionally and how we respond in, in reaction to them, right? So that is what we often feel, um, that is what we often label as bad. But if we use that, if we honor and say, I'm feeling really angry right now, what does this mean? What do I need to do um, in response to this, this signal? that my body and my mind are giving me in this moment. Like maybe I need to stop talking and walk away, right? Maybe I need to stop. Like, what is this signpost telling you? Is it telling you to stop? Is it telling you to yield? Is it telling you, you know, caution, steep curve up ahead? Like, what is it telling you? Is it telling you to stop talking? Is it telling you to walk away? Is it telling you to give your kid a hug, right? And getting really clear on what our emotions are telling us is a really powerful and I believe spiritual way of being in life in general, as opposed to stuffing them down. The other thing that's nestled in awareness is our ability to understand what is triggering our children. Because we don't often think about that. Like our kids have triggers too. Like sometimes we're not the most fun to live with. Like we like to think we are. <laughs> We're not a barrel of laughs half the time either. You know, so realizing like, what is it that we're saying or doing that might be triggering them? And are there ways to work with them to co-create a different type of interaction, a different type of connection where we can both feel safe and we can both feel connected in those moments? Uh, My husband had an experience with my daughter. They trigger each other back and forth. It's like a weird relational ping pong game with those two. And I, I sat and witnessed one day, my daughter was really upset at her dad and she was crying and yelling and mad and she was exhausted. And my husband was saying things like under his breath, but just just enough so she could hear them. And um, she would get more and more angry. And then finally we calmed the situation down. She went in her room and I looked at him and I said, did you notice what you were doing? And he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. She's just, I don't understand her. She's just blah, blah, blah. And when I pointed out, like what I witnessed, like every time she said something to you, you got triggered and you would mumble something. And then she would get more angry and more angry and elevate more and more. He didn't even realize it. He wasn't even aware. And I know I've done that too. I'm sure there are plenty of times where I was and probably still am because we never know everything about ourselves all the time, right? Where we fall into that space 
And we just aren't aware of how we're impacting those around us. So awareness also invites us to do that. The T stands for tools. So a lot of times I'll, I'll, because I've studied a lot of different spiritual traditions. And one of the things that I love to do is to find ways to make the teachings practical because it's really great to learn and read all of these beautiful things like, um, you know, in the Bhagavad Gita or in the Bible or, you know, in the Tao Te Ching or whatever. And then you put it down and you feel really good and you're like, how do I apply that to life? <laughs> you know? And so we can be super aware of our feelings and, and our vision and, and the stories in our head and what triggers our child. But we also have to get to a point where we understand, okay, what does this look like when the rubber hits the road? What does this look like when my kid's acting nutty or I can't get it together? And that's where the tools come in. And speaking about the elemental living model, um, this was years ago, I was actually thinking about this whole process. Like it has to be easier. There has to be an easier way to um, parent (laughs) that just it just doesn't feel so overwhelming Mm -hmm. and I get a lot of visions like that's just that's how um, the divine speaks to me through visions and I started to get this vision of the four elements and so I ran and I got my whiteboard because I knew something was coming in And basically what I ended up writing out was I ended up writing out the four elements, earth, air, fire, water, and in the middle is spirit or divine essence or whatever anyone chooses to call it. And I basically connected all of these different parenting strategies with the four elements. And so for instance, you know, if um, my daughter is kicking and screaming and just really angry and there's all of this energy coming at, you know, at us from her, if you think about the four elements, earth, air, fire, water, which element do you think that she would be in? Which element would you just intuitively think that she was in in that moment? If she's like yelling, kicking, screaming, just having all this energy. I'm asking you. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, I mean, uh, like, like uh, normally we can't understand like just from the re- reaction. It's it's more we need to 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 know the story and also like um, maybe knowing the personality of 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 the daughter can also help understand like when she she reacts uh, that way. But maybe like unconscious reaction it can be like uh, seen as she doesn't respect her parents or something like that. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So see, you are talking as someone with a fully functioning frontal lobe, which is great. (laughs) (laughs) Oftentimes, when we're triggered, our frontal lobe is not functioning, but you're 100% (laughs) on it. Okay. So (laughs) when our child is like in that space where they're, you know, all this raw energy is coming out, a lot of times we could say that they're in fire, right? They're in like this fiery element, right? And instinctively what often happens is parents bring fire to that moment right and we try to fight fire with fire like that's what my husband was doing like my every time my daughter was amping up the fire and my husband's like just throwing gasoline on it you know (laughs) i was like really but intuitively we know that if someone or something is on fire what do you need to bring (laughs) you Um. need 
bring water. Right. Right, not fire. And so if you live on planet Earth, you're mm -hmm. aware of how the four elements operate, right? Like right. Earth acts like Earth, air, air, fire, fire, water, water. And what I've what I learned after I designed this model was that it's actually supported by science because learning theory tells us that if you're trying to learn something new, like all these 50 million parenting strategies that you read in all these books. Um, the best way to learn it is to pair it with something you already know. And again, if you live on planet Earth, you know how the elements work, right? If you're over the age of like two or three, you know how the elements work. So what I basically did, and, and this is the other fun thing. Every time I do the Elemental Living Workshop Live, I always ask the audience, what do you think of just intuitively when I say Earth? What do you think of? And I go through all the elements and it's it's fascinates me how I always get the same answers. Like earth, people often think of grounding and firmness, um, mm -hmm. boundaries, right? And air, they often think of like thoughts or just airiness and playfulness and fire, energy, anger, passion, and water, compassion, flow, grace, right? Like, so these are just the things that we naturally associate with these elements. So there, there are things that will not be difficult for us to access. So if you're watching your child and your child is in fire and you can't access all the amazing things that you just said, right? Like, oh, well, let me think about this and this. And where is the child in my child's temperament? Which is a beautiful thing to think about if you can. If you can't access that. What you can access is how can I bring water in this moment? How can I bring water to this moment? And that's going to be different for everyone. That's why I always say I like helping parents write their own parenting manual, because the problem is you that parenting manual on the shelf is written for general people. It's not written for you. <laughs> right. So some manuals will say like, oh, your child is throwing a tantrum give them a hug. Some kids, if you come at them with a hug they will kick you. Like, they do not want to be touched. And they will tell you, that's the last thing I need is, is for you to touch me, right? So figuring out what does water look like for you? Like for me, bringing water to me and to my child often looks like me stepping back and taking a moment to myself to recoup. That's the best way that I can bring myself and my child compassion. Because if I try to come in and I'm not in a centered place, it's not going to be good for either of us, right? So with the elemental living model, it really is a model that helps people to um, really understand in the moment when I don't have time to race and get the parenting book or remember everything that I need to say, it gives us access to our next best step. People often try to take the model and say, okay, so I'll do this and then they'll do that and then I'll do this and then I'll do, no, 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 no. You just need next best step right? If you're in the jungle trying to run away from a tiger, right? You don't need to think about the next five steps. You need to think about one step that's going to get you up that tree. <laughs> that's all you need to right. think about. Same thing with parenting. When you're in that triggered moment and your child is the proverbial tiger, you just need to think of your next best step. And that's what the elemental living model is all about. So another example is, um, I work with parents who, whose kids have ADHD, right? And, and so 
it's one of those things where their kids are just kind of like all over the place and everywhere. And, and my, um, my son is very much, he is so creative and his mind will just go in 10 different directions. So you'll be like, go put on your shoes. And he'll be over here. Think he'll be like shoes. Hmm. Oh, I should write a story about shoes and the boy and he'll have shoes on. Right. And it's just, this. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful in some ways, but when I'm trying to get out the door, it's just a little frustrating. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times when you think about air fly, you know, going and, and moving and raging, like that's how his mind is. He has this very beautiful, creative, airy mind. And what I often tell people to think about is think about like, and think about earth in the form of a mountain, a mountainside, right? So air is blowing really hard at the top of the mountain. Well, whenever the air hits that mountainside, it slows. It can't get through the mountain. So it slows. And that's what we need to be in the moment when our kids are in that very airy space. We need to be the firm mountain. So what that might look like for me is I might get down on his eye level and say, hey, babe, look at me. We need to get our shoes on right now. Where are the shoes? What's the very next step we're going to take? We're going to walk over there. We're going to get our shoes on, right? So it's like being very firm and direct as opposed to what I've tried and I just take it from me. It doesn't work. Oh my gosh, what are you doing? We're late. We got to go. Come on, get your, you put your shoes on five times. Why aren't you putting blah, 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 right? And so now I'm getting all fiery. <laughs> that's really not what needs to be brought to the situation. So yeah. that's what the elemental living model is. It's really just a model to help families and parents get to their next best step in those situations where their frontal lobe is not fully accessible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, th- thank you so much. I, I really, I really love the the the, the elemental model because it's um, it simplifies how to understand the others and also uh, react to to to, um, to the children. Uh, because especially when when um, maybe challenges happen or there is some reaction, it's um, like if if we don't have like a simple model that we can um, like easily remember, it's it can be. Um, little bit difficult to get out of of the drama um mm-hmm. that's that's we're experiencing and with with the model i feel it's it can be really really helpful absolutely absolutely and that's why i love love teaching it um so there's two more letters the h and the s in the past mm-hmm. model yeah. um healing and this again is why i say that i think parenting is the ultimate spiritual practice because it really gives us insight into what within us needs to be healed. Um, Our children have this amazing ability to tap dance all over our buttons and all over the spots of us, uh, the parts of us that um, maybe we've buried or maybe we haven't looked at for a while, right? Like they have this, um, sometimes their behaviors have this amazing ability to bring that stuff up within us. And we can use it, we can look at it as something that's frustrating and overwhelming and annoying or we can look at it as a blessing, right? So when we're triggered, there's two questions that I always encourage people to ask, like when you're in those triggered, maybe not when you're in the moment, but when you're able to sit and reflect on those triggered moments, asking yourself that triggered moment that I just had, what was that indicating to me? Like what within me needs to be healed or what within me needs to be honored? Right. And sometimes you may come to the insight that um, like I have I had a client who would get really angry 
at his son because his son always preferred his mother and, over him. And um, we realized after doing some, some work together that what was triggering within him was a very young part of himself that growing up was ignored and like neglected, not even just ignored, was neglected um, by his parents. And so when his son would turn away from him and towards his mother, it would activate that eight-year-old part of himself. No, I'm sorry. No, that part was like five. It would activate that five-year-old part of himself. And he would literally and figuratively, but literally start acting like a five-year-old in the Mm -hmm. sense that he would be like, well, fine then. I don't want to hang out with you either. You know, and it was just like, wait a minute, how old are you right now? (laughs) (laughs) Right. And so he realized that, and his son gifted him with the ability to see that there was a part of him that wasn't healed. There was a part of him, a very young part of him that was locked away deep inside that needed some attention and needed some healing. And then he was able to go on and get that healing. So again, um, when we allow it to, our relationship with relationships in general, but especially with our children can be, can give us insights into what within us have we not dealt with? right? What within us do we keep shoving down? Um, Sometimes, and I said healed and honored. So sometimes you just need to honor the fact that you need a break. Sometimes you just need to honor the fact that you need food, right? Sometimes it's not that deep. It's not all about like what happened when you were a kid. You know, there are times where it is, you know, and look for that. But sometimes it's just like, for me, I know about six o'clock in the evening, I'm done, done, like, I can't, I, I don't need to do any hardcore parenting after six. I'm just done, mm-hmm. right? So when things happen between me and my kids, I can literally look at the clock and be like, oh, it's 7.15. Yeah, <laughs> all right. So I'm aware that at that moment, my frontal lobe probably isn't going to be very helpful to me. And just having that awareness, you know, allows me to say, all right, you know what? If I have a boy and a girl and sometimes they'll like to sleep in, my daughter has bunk beds and um, they love to like have slumber parties together. And at first, usually we're like, no, only on the weekends because they'll keep each other up till 2 a.m. But sometimes they'll come to me and they'll be like, can we please have a slumber? And I'm like, you know what? I don't even have, fine, go ahead. You know, and I'll just, because I know me, I know I'm like, I do not want to go down this road with you right now. Now, maybe later on, we'll talk about it again. I'll be like, all right, that was one special time. And I'll even say mommy was super tired, but we're going to go back to, you know, only on the weekends or now that they're getting older, what I've said, what is, okay, you can do the, you can, you know, be in the same room together. But if I come in there and I see lights on and things like that, your brother goes right back to his room, no questions asked, no whining, and we come to an agreement. But I do that, you know, outside of my shutdown hours, right? So just realizing that I couldn't have that conversation after 7 p.m. Like it just wouldn't, it wouldn't have gone well. It wouldn't have gone well. So again, having that awareness of ourselves and who we are allows us to honor what we need as parents, because our needs matter. And then um, the S stands for self-empowerment. Now, it's really easy as parents, especially when we're in those really frustrating, overwhelming situations, to feel um, disempowered, even victimized, 
by our kids, you know, like, mm-hmm. I just can't, I can't with you anymore. Um, and so what self-empowerment is about, it's really about finding those spaces within us, within our situation, within the moment where power is. So the question that I always ask in this, in this particular one is, where is my power in this moment? Any given moment, any given time, you have power. Like I would say, even if you're locked up in a basement somewhere, you still have control over what you eat, whether or not you poop or pee, you know, like you still have some (laughs) modicum of power. And when it comes to children, we're not, even though I know it can feel like we're locked in basements, sometimes we're not technically locked in basements. So, you know, asking like, where is my power in this moment? Sometimes it's, you know, just utilizing the power to take a moment and say, I'll be back in five. I got to walk away right? That's power. Sometimes it's, and, and a lot of times what we do is we use um, unhelpful forms of our power and we'll start yelling or we'll start acting like five-year-olds or, right? So we are always using power, but a lot of times it's when we get to those triggered overwhelmed moments, it's, it's power over it's power over and we attempt to control and all of this stuff. And, and it's not helpful and it doesn't help our relationship with our child. And it doesn't help our relationship with ourselves because afterwards, a lot of times we end up feeling guilty and shame and, and all of those feelings that just are indicators that, okay, I did something that I wish I hadn't done. Hmm. Right. So self-empowerment is really about looking at those triggered moments and finding where our power is not like realizing number one, even if I can't see it right now, I do have power in this moment. And then also, again, maybe outside of the triggered moments, reflecting back and saying, okay, where was my power in that moment? What did I have the power to do or say, or be in that moment? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I really love this. It. It's, it's really inspiring. And uh, yeah, it's like the, the whole, the whole model, like the, the path model, it's, um, I feel it, it it touches like all the needed um, areas that we need in 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 in, in the relationship, um, whether like with kids or, or also with uh, with um, with partner, and mm. yeah, and um, and it's it's and also I, I love the way that um, you explain that and you simplify that so it's like everyone can understand and also especially uh, remember. Um, like during the the, the, the the challenges or if any experience happens. And uh, yeah, and again, also I really love the elemental um, uh, model that's, that is uh, included in the tours, which is really, uh, I love how you, how you, um, how to say, like, you, um, you're, you, <laughs> I don't know the, uh, the, the word in English, it's um, how, how you manage the, the nature elements with yeah. what we experience in our day-to-day life because we are not used to do that like we feel maybe we connect to nature and that's it but we don't bring that essence of nature to our daily life and our feelings and relationship and the way you 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 do it it's, it's really inspiring and can can really help to transform um, any relationship so yeah thank, thank you. you yeah yeah i i love i love nature it's it's like many much of my stuff i've somehow tied to the elements or to nature yeah. and i agree like giving us the ability to tune in and say yeah. you know and really pay attention to the elements and to nature i think um 
yeah, extremely, it, it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's a beautiful right. way to marry the two and to really honor nature at the mm-hmm. same time. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. And uh, so, yeah, and maybe before we end the, the, the call, do you have any last message for, for mothers who are listening to us? Yeah, just, you know, remember that parenting, it really is a journey. And like I said, I think it's the ultimate spiritual practice and it's, it's a practice. It's not something that you will ever get to the end of. It's just a constant evolution. So when you're finding yourself thinking, oh shoot, I screwed up again, or I did this, instead of saying I screwed up, um, what was I thinking? Maybe ask yourself in that moment, okay, what did I learn? right? What did I learn in that moment? Because that's really what life is about. It's just constant. It's just many different opportunities to learn how to um, get more in touch with our divine essence, how to get more in touch with our highest, wisest self in ways that feel good to us and that honor who we are and how we are. Um, And again, if you want the to learn more about the PADS model and the elemental living model, you can go to healingstablemisery.com and um, you can download uh, the, the form that I have there and you can read more about it. And of course, you can always get in touch with me too. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Linieta. Um, yeah, it was really, really uh, enjoy having you on the podcast. Really enjoyed the the. Uh, the conversation and everything you shared. So um, yeah, really thank you so much for, for, for all the inspiration you shared with us today. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you again. And uh, yeah, so everyone really thank you so much for listening to us today and uh, sharing with us your presence and energy. And uh, yeah, so, so um, again, you can find um, uh, Dr. Linieta on either on her website, Dr. Uh, lwillis.com d-r-l-w-i-l-l-i-s.com and also um, you can get the the path uh, framework on uh, can, can you please uh, remind us of the link yes healingstablemisery.com and if you go to my main website it's there as well so if okay. you go to the d-r-l-w-i-l-l-i-s you can get it at the top of the page there too okay. wonderful um yeah so so with us everyone um i'm sending you so much love and i will see you on the next episode bye-bye everyone if you'd like to learn more about our other events you can go to weriseinlove.com weriseinlove.com